and end in light. From Flashbangs and Frag Grenades by Calchexis Read by Sam Gabriel Based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 8 Lux stared down at the cooling corpse of her aunt and, truthfully, felt a tiny pang of regret. The woman had been cruel and hard, and she had never made a secret of her bigotry, but Lux had actually admired her for that. She had cleaved to a very specific set of ideals, and not in the facile manner of most people whose ideals rarely lasted through any kind of hardship. No. Tiana Crowngard held her ignorant and regressive standards close to her heart right up until Lux had shoved a sword through it. And there was a kind of idiot virtue to that. Admirable in its consistency, if nothing else. Goodbye, Auntie, Lux said quietly as she drew Tiana's personal seal out, which had greased the wheels of treason, and tossed it down onto her body along with her own personal signet ring, and finally, her mark of championship from the League. She forsook it all. Jinx was kneeling beside Vi, who was looking a touch crispy but otherwise no worse for the wear. Lux still wanted payback for the suffering that Vi and Caitlin had inflicted on Jinx, but it was clear that Jinx had moved past that, and unless Lux wanted to be left behind, that meant she would have to keep moving too. Well, that's that, I suppose, Lux said with a quiet laugh. No more hiding now. Guess not, Jinx replied as she stood. Can I assume you've got a means of egress because you did somewhat demolish my original plan when you made your entry, Lux said wryly. Jinx flashed her that rictus grin. Of course I do, Blondie, she said. You really think I'd just stick us here with no escape plan? Do I look crazy? You know damn well I'm not going to answer that. Lux replied airily as she leaned in and wrapped herself around Jinx before pulling the madwoman into an affectionate kiss. Jinx returned the kiss with both vigor and tongue, and Lux smiled all the wider for it. It was finally over. All the pretending, all the false smiles and lies, it was all over. Now she could finally leave this place behind for good, and live as the person she wanted to be, not the one that she had been made into. As they parted, Lux continued to smile as she asked, So, how are we getting out of here? This way, Jinx crowed as she scooped Lux up into a bridal carry and dashed out away from the altar. Lux giggled brightly as she clung to Jinx, who carried her through halls around twists and turns, until she finally came to a stop in front of the high priest's quarters where, Lux was given to understand, she'd been originally apprehended. The fact that the door was still blown off of its hinges confirmed that report rather handily. Follow me, Jinx said, setting Lux down. This way. She stepped into the room and Lux followed bemusedly. You know we're even deeper in the temple than before, right? Yeah, I know, Jinx replied. How are... Oh. I think I know what you're looking for, Lux smiled as she stopped, leaned against the wall and waited. Lux flashed that charming grin of hers again. Of course you do, Blondie. It's here. I mean, I figured in the end, all rich folks are basically the same, right? Counselors, chem barons, fancy Damasian priests, they're all... 
She reached out and grabbed a particularly dry treatise on theological law that rested on the bookshelf. Big ol' cowards! She pulled on the book, and something clunked deep behind the wall. Slowly, the bookshelf ratcheted away on a set of expertly hidden rails to reveal a narrow passage leading out of the temple. This goes north, doesn't it? Lux asked, stepping into the cold, shadowed passage, and a small vulpine smile formed over her lips as she looked back at Jinx. And I'll bet it comes out right near where a certain section of walls were blown out. How'd you know it would come out near the north wall? Because they'd only scarper if the place was surrounded, Jinx said as if it were obvious. And the one place no one's going to bother trying to attack this place from is the northern forest, Lux completed. Of course, it was perfectly reasonable. The Temple of the Protector was a fortress within the fortress of High Silvermere. But if even the temple looked to be about to fall, then naturally the priests would want a secured means of retreat. Thinking logically, or at least like a Demacian, any invasion would probably be by a Noxian army coming from the southeastern territories, so naturally the best escape would be to go north, to the wall furthest from where the enemies were invading from, and a place of no real tactical or strategic value. That's brilliant, Lux said, turning to beam at Jinx. You're absolutely brilliant. It was a mad leap of logic, but very much a Jinx sort of leap to make. She'd seen the temple and immediately equated it to Cambaran mansions and council estates of Zon and Piltover, so really she hadn't seen a temple, she'd seen a compound, which it was, and like any compound, Jinx had simply assumed it would have a back door for the wealthy and powerful who dwelled there. And it did, because of course it did. Every noble's mass in Demacia had one of those. The Crown Guard Estate had two. The idea that the arrogant and secretive priesthood of the Protector wouldn't have had their own back exit was patently absurd. And of course it was in the High Priest's own quarters. The self-serving jackass. Jinx's architectural minds had worked out the structure of the temple and where the exit would have to be. Then she'd gone there to test her theory while Vi busied herself clearing the massive structure room by room, giving Jinx plenty of time to determine where the exit was and even where it led out. The fact that Jinx could have simply left the temple completely unmolested via that exit while Vi scoured it for her from top to bottom, but hadn't because she'd wanted to get captured, tickled Lux absolutely pink. Let's blow this two-copper scrap stand, Blondie, Jinx said with a wild smile as she grabbed Lux's hand, turned, and bolted down the passage, and Lux followed her, laughing all the way. The passage was long but mostly straight. It curved down for a time before ascending as, by Lux's reckoning, it had reached the part of the city closer to the mountain where the terrain began to slope and become rocky. She could smell the fresh air, cold and sharp with snow and pine. They were close, and she could feel it. And by the time they reached the sealed end of the passage, Lux was almost certain she knew where they were. This'll open out into the north wall guardhouse, Lux said as she laid a hand on the door. I'm sure of it. Didn't I blow that up? No, Lux replied, looking back at her. You gave it a shake for certain, but Damasian structures are a little sturdier than Piltoven ones. The guardhouse was still intact, and... She trailed off, let out a quiet breath, then said... And my brother's contingent was using it as a base to keep the North Cordon in case you tried to escape this way. Jinx let out a quiet noise of assent as she stepped up beside Jinx and examined the door, then leaned in and put her ear to it. Nothing on the other side, Jinx said. 
then reached into a shadowed alcove near the wall, gripped something, and pulled. A lever ratcheted down and the wall slid away, revealing what could only be the guardhouse's armory on the other side. Lux had to admit, as far as escape tunnels went, this was a pretty good one. Too bad the priests never got to use it. We'll have to shoot our way out, you know, Jinx said, keeping her voice low as she stepped into the armory. Not necessarily. Well, if we do, I'll try not to wing old Chunky too hard. I appreciate that, Jinx, Lux said, but let me go first. Lux stepped past her to the door, closed her eyes, and put her ear to it. She shut out all of the other sounds, manually deleting them from her perceptions one by one, the crackle of falling dust, her own breathing, Jinx's breathing, and the distant sounds of clamor beyond the wall, until finally she found what she was looking for. And there was breathing outside the door, faint and steady. Stepping back, Lux drew her blade, tatted the heft, then put her best smile on before reaching out and knocking twice on the door. The door opened slowly, revealing a vanguard recruit on the other side with his blade up and his eyes sharp. He was suspicious, obviously. Good man. His expression softened when he saw her, though, and he lowered both his blade and his guard. After all, she was Garen's sister. They all knew who she was. Private Derwin, how's guard duty? Lux asked brightly. Lady Luxana. He looked dumbfounded. How did you... Oh, you know. Lux stepped forward and rammed her blade between the folds of metal beneath his arm and into his heart. Just out for a walk. He went slack, and she dragged him into the armory before dumping him unceremoniously off to the side, pulling her blade free and wiping it clear of blood. That was unspeakably hot, Blondie, Jinx said flatly. Wasn't it just? Lux asked, looking back at Jinx with a coy little smile. The guardhouse itself only had a handful of vanguard within, two more on guard duty, three catching a quick nap between their shifts on the cordon. All of them died in silence. Rather than attempt to leave through the guardhouse gates, Lux climbed up and up to the crenellated wall that the guardhouse was attached to, and Jinx followed like a gunpowder shadow with a quizzical expression. At the top of the stairs, Lux held up a fist and Jinx came to a stop. Standing at attention with his back to the guardhouse door, Garing Crown Guard looked out across the city, right where Lux had expected him to be. He had taken the high point so he could see any threat before it came and issue orders quickly. Well, almost any threat. Wait here, Lux said quietly. Blindy. I need to say goodbye. She stepped out of the shadows, and the moment she moved, her brother's honed senses detected it. And he turned with a furrowed brow and a small frown, both of which quickly vanished as he recognized his sister. Lux, he smiled faintly. You're safe. Good. What are you doing here? Lux shook her head and walked up beside him. Just patrolling, she said. The temple was a bust. Damnation. Garen muttered, as he turned back to look out over the city. Aunt Tia must be livid. Oh, yes, Lux said. She was gutted. Garen sighed. Well, if you were hoping for some kind of report of activity near the wall, I'm afraid we've got nothing to offer. 
I had hoped that her destruction of this section would suggest her intent to use it, but perhaps it was just another false lead. Perhaps, Lux agreed. Since it's all the same at this point, I don't suppose you'd like to join the watch for tonight? I can always use another pair of eyes, he said. Lux didn't answer. Instead, she just turned to look up at him and held that moment in her mind for as long as she could. She memorized that kind face of his, the warm eyes and that boyish smile that so often graced his chiseled features. If there was one person in the world she would regret leaving behind, it was her brother. Karen, I, I wanted to... to thank you, she said quietly. He raised an eyebrow. For what? For always being there for me, she said. For loving me like a brother ought to, even though I was born different. Finally, his martial posture dropped, and he set his sword, judgment aside, to turn and face her with a curious look on his face. Where is this coming from? he asked. You're my sister, Lux. Now you were born means nothing to me. I know, Lux said as tears started to fall. And that's why I love you. I love you so much, big brother, and I always, always will, okay? Lux, what are you— She leapt forward and threw her arms around his broad shoulders. Their breastplates clacked together and his armor dug into her arms, but Lux ignored it to hug her brother as tight as she could one last time. Garen chuckled in confusion, but wrapped his arms around her all the same and patted her back gently. Lux held that moment for a single, desperate moment. She held on to the feel of him and the familiar smell of armor polish, blade oil, and sweat that always hung around her big brother. Of all the people in Demacia, he was the only one who had never judged her. He had always been there. Then she let go, dropped to the ground, and stepped back. I'm afraid I can't join the watch, brother, she said quietly. Oh, that, that's a shame, he said. And I'm also leaving. Forever, she continued. He frowned. What are you talking about? She stepped back towards the shadows, and behind her she gestured for Jinx to step forward. Garen's eyes widened as Lux's wife made herself known, emerging from the darkness like a specter of calamity. Hey, Junkie, she said with a quiet laugh. Long time no see. How are things? You! He snatched his blade up from behind him, leveled it at her, then froze as he registered that Lux had stopped moving right beside the madwoman. Lux, he said in quiet horror. Lux, what are you, what are you doing? I told you, Lux said. I'm leaving Demacia forever, but before I do, Karen... She reached out and laid a hand on Jinx's scarred shoulder. I want you to meet my wife. Clang. Judgment's tip bit into the ground as his fingers seemed to go numb and fumble the hilt. His jaw hung open, and his eyes were wide as he looked between Lux and Jinx, 
silently begging his sister to reveal that it was all some sick joke. It was no joke. She makes me happy, Lux continued. She loves me like I'm the only woman in the world. She treats me well, puts up with my eccentricities, and she... She even likes my singing, and we both know I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Letting out a shaky breath, Lux wrapped her arms around herself and said, So I'm leaving, but before I did, I wanted to say goodbye and to tell you that I'll miss you so much. His fingers tightened around Judgment's hilt again, and Garen raised it level. His jaw was tight and fury warred with disbelief on his face as he said, You know I can't allow that, sister. Sure you can, Jinx said, stepping forward. Remember? You owe me a favor. I told you that one day, you and me, we were going to come face to face and it was going to be a problem. Well, she gestured around them. Here we are. And I could have solved my problem back then, remember? So what do you say? You going to hold up your end of the bargain? Just ignore us the way I ignored you. I told you. Garen spat, that I will not betray my people or my family. Jinx huffed out a laugh and said, You gotta work on your memory, Chunky. I told you back then what I'll tell you now. She stepped forward again, and the tip of his sword was hanging a finger's width from her chest. I know. You. I married your sister, Chunky, she said over him. So me and Bloody here? Aren't we family? The strength seemed to drain from him slowly, and judgment began to shake as he struggled to hold it aloft. He looked between Jinx to Lux and back to Jinx, then finally he lowered his head and judgment fell away from the both of them. Doing it almost visibly stole something from her brother, and Lux felt an unfamiliar pang of guilt at the pain on his face and in his posture. Go, Garen said quietly. Thank you, brother. After tonight, Garen snarled through his teeth, I am not your brother. Another tear streaked down Lox's cheek, and she nodded, then said, I'll always love you anyway. He didn't answer. Instead, Garen gripped his blade, put his back to them, planted judgments tipped straight down. And as he looked out over the smoking city of their birth, he said a single word. Go. They left. Lux wrapped them both in a sphere of no gravity, and they leapt from the wall off the forest side and down to the foothills beyond. They moved quickly and with purpose, darting between shadows and cover. Lux let Jinx take the lead. She knew where they were going better than Lux did by that point. Leaving Garen behind had hurt far more than she had expected. The raw pain and betrayal on his face had cut her deeply. She had been prepared for it, though. She had known that her brother wouldn't fully understand, but she hadn't been able to lie to him. Not at the very end. 
After all, he had always accepted her for who she was. They passed through the thicker parts of the trees until it opened up into a small glade. And in the center of that glade was the absolute last thing anyone would expect to see. A Noxian racing skiff. Jinx! The pilot popped his dark-haired head up from the back seat and waved. And a moment later, a taller, more muscular Salaki woman sat up as well. From the way Chuck's hair was mussed, it was no secret what they'd been up to, but then there probably hadn't been all that much to do while they waited for Jinx to wrap things up. Chuck, my man! Jinx crowed. Thanks for the pickup! Did I have a choice? He asked. Nope. Didn't think so. He clambered over into the front seat, hit a button, and the side compartment popped open, and Jinx tossed both Pow Pow and Fishbones inside before slamming it closed and hopping into the back seat while Chuck's Salaki lover, Rana, Lux recalled, joined him up front. The skiff rumbled to life as Chuck went through the startup sequence with practiced fingers. He'd be a decent pilot fairly soon if he wasn't already. Then again, he'd probably had to get good alarmingly fast back when he'd spent several days crammed in the cab with Jinx on the way home from Noxus. You really did plan everything out, didn't you? Lux asked as she joined Jinx, scooted over and snuggled close against her as the sudden weight of the last few days struck her all at once. Yep she replied quietly. Now let's go home, Blondie. Yeah, let's go home, she said as she closed her eyes and allowed the quiet rumble of the skiff's engines and the smell of gunpowder and stone dust lull her to sleep. The trip back was made mostly in silence with only a few scattered stopovers. The skiff was fast, but mostly in bursts, so they settled in for an almost week-long trip back. The small vessel simply didn't have the throughput that the larger freight vessels had. It was good, though. It gave Lux time to decompress. She spent most of it sleeping next to Jinx or just watching the countryside drift by. Not only was it a quiet ride, it was a good way to say goodbye to Demacia as a whole. She watched the entire country vanish, eventually, as they made it to the open plains of the Knockmarch. Chuck continued to prove his mettle as a pilot by drifting them south toward the Argent Mountains to catch the high winds in that place that would carry them at speed towards Piltover and Zaun, and the closer they got, the better Lux felt. Over the course of the trip, she told Jinx everything that had happened. About her mother and her father, about finally confronting her mother about everything that had happened, and Jinx had smiled and nodded. She didn't understand it all, but that was okay. She didn't need to. She was there and she listened, like always. And sometimes that's all anyone can do. Most importantly, she told Lux that she loved her. That really was the most important thing. Surprisingly, they managed to cross into Zon without any trouble. Apparently the skiff had been registered as a personal transport for Glask Industries, and since it wasn't a cargo or trade vessel, it wasn't subject to a customs and manifest inspection. Whether anyone would have tried to force an inspection on one of Renata Glask's vessels at all was a different matter entirely, but Lux found herself relieved that it hadn't come up. It is so good to be home, Lux sighed as she relaxed back and watched the sullen chasms of Zaun swallow the open horizon on either side of them.
Right, Jinx said happily. I don't know how anyone relaxes with all that open space out there. It does get a little tiresome, Lux admitted. Hey, Jinx, about that thing you wanted us to set up for when we got back, Chuck said, looking over his shoulder. Jinx leaned in with narrowed eyes and said, Yeah? What about it? It should be all ready, he said. Do you want me to drop you there or home, Chucky boy? Jinx said. Just take us home. We'll get to it. Get to what? Lux asked, leaning in. Jinx turned and flashed that smile of hers. It's a surprise. Lux rolled her eyes, but accepted it as she leaned against Jinx and sighed happily. Billowa came into view a few hours later. There was a small outcropped docking berth that was mostly used for point-to-point -point transport skiffs, but it fit the racing skiff just fine. Lux and Jinx clambered out and bid goodbye to Chuck and Rana, and Lux even leaned in to give Chuck a warm hug while Jinx retrieved her guns from the storage. Thank you for coming to get me, she said quietly. You're welcome, Lady Light, he said, awkwardly patting her arm. Ready to get back home for real, Blondie? Jinx called. Lux laughed weakly as she stepped back and joined Jinx. You have no idea she said happily. It was an unusual walk through Billowa. There were more decorations than usual, including, to Lux's shock, actual flowers, which had been hung in wreaths where there were usually just lights. Moreover, everyone seemed absolutely thrilled to see her. That in and of itself wasn't unusual, but their greetings were odd. Lady Light, congratulations! We're so happy for you, we can't wait! Jinx? Lux turns to look up at her. What's going on? Ah, uh, you'll see, Jinx chirped. They made it all the way up to the steps of their shared home. And that was where Jinx stopped, and Lux hesitated at the door as Jinx shuffled back and forth on her feet before saying, Hey, Blondie, I'll, uh, see you later, okay? I got a thing. A thing? Lux echoed. Yep, Jinx said. And, um, so do you. Jinx, why are you being so cryptic? She asked. Jinx shook her head, then said, Because I, uh, I promised, remember? So I'm keeping my promise. You'll see. Just go in and I'll see you soon, okay? Lux sighed, then shook her head, nodded, and said, Okay, I guess. I'll, I'll see you soon. I love you, Blondie. Jinx spoke their promise warmly. I love you too. Then Lux opened the door and stepped inside, leaving Jinx behind. It was really saying something to say that Jinx had never been so nervous. She was practically vibrating out of her suit as she stared at herself in the mirror and swallowed convulsively several times before looking over her shoulder. Hey, E. What if I fuck this up? Jinx asked. Echo shrugged, looking surprisingly dapper in his clean, dark leathers. Brass buckles crossed his chest, arms, and legs, and across his left breast, embroidered in emerald thread that might have contained actual emeralds, was his hourglass insignia. Dunno, Jay, you'd sort of fuck everything up, but, uh, I mean, I don't know what you're afraid of. It's not like you can fuck it up harder at this point, he said. 
Thanks, that's real encouraging, Jinx said flatly before turning back to the mirror. The woman that looked back at her barely even resembled Jinx. She wore a thin tunic of cream silk with a blue lining decorated with brassy leaves. A ruffled cravat of white was done up at her neck, much like the one her father used to wear. And she wore clear, cold trousers that were neatly buttoned at the waist and hips. She had never looked so proper. Now, now, Jinx thought, she finally looked like her father's daughter, the daughter of Silco. She blew out a breath as she ran her hands over her hair. She still had her braids done, but now they were decorated with brass bands down their length to keep them in place during the ceremony, and she couldn't help but fiddle with them. Knock it off, Jay. You're going to pull something if you don't relax, Echo said. I'm fucking terrified, Jinx admitted. I don't know how to do this. You think I do? Echo asked as he stepped up beside her. She shook her head. No, just, I don't know, I just... His hand came to rest on her shoulder and she looked at him. And for a second she saw the boy he used to be. Not just the hard-eyed man he became. She felt different now. Now that she remembered everything, now that her mind wasn't boiling and snapping and whiting everything out, she remembered him and everything else. Not all the time, though. Sometimes things slipped through, but they always came back now. Jinx didn't want to forget anything anymore. I'm gonna be better, E, Jinx promised. Better than my old man, better than I, I used to be, you know? I hope so, Echo said. Because I ain't gonna lie, Zona's gonna need you to be better. To do better. Jinx nodded. I gotta be better. For her. He chuckled, then said, Hey, Jay, you, uh, you and I both know that you ain't gotta do this, right? This is topside of stuff. She wanted one. So I'm gonna do it right, Jinx said sternly. Right. Echo squeezed her shoulder and chuckled. Also, like, you know she's crazier than you, right? By, like, a lot. I know, Jinx said. That's what I love about her. Of course you do. Echo patted her shoulder, then turned to walk over to the door of the dressing room before pulling it open and making an overdramatic gesture at the threshold. Time to do it, then. Time to do it, Jinx repeated. She grabbed her father's coat from the stand and threw it over her shoulders but kept her arms out of the sleeves before working her braids free so they fell across her back. Then she stepped out into the small, simple nave of the wind-chime chapel, and up to the altar where a tall, hooded woman waited. It was more crowded than ever before. Every single prayer mat had been cleared away and it was standing room only. Even then, the whole approach and the street beyond the chapel was completely packed with people. Echo followed her out and took up a spot in the crowd near the front next to a number of firelights who had attended and, surprisingly, weren't looking at her with hatred. That was new. No, these ones were younger, and they were looking at her with something like awe. Turning away from them and stowing that weirdness away, Jinx looked to the woman at the altar and nodded. The cloaked woman raised her simple metal staff and gestured at the door, and the crowd parted as a faint whisper of wind flowed out and between them to pry the doors open. 
and the chimes above began to ring with a gentle tune. And Jinx's breath seized violently in her chest. It was no secret that she thought Lux was the most beautiful person in the world. She was the most beautiful, so of course Jinx thought that. There was thinking it, though, and then there was seeing Lux in white. I can't believe I agreed to this, Chunk said nervously as he took a step forward. Oh, hush, I needed someone to walk me down the aisle after all, Lux replied with a grin as she delicately took his arm with one hand while clutching a gorgeous bouquet of toxic hive blooms in the other. It took an eternity for Lux to cross the short length of the chapel, and Jinx only realized as Lux parted ways with Chuck, who went to join Rana and Jericho, to take the last few steps to the altar on her own that she hadn't drawn a single breath during that time. She gasped as she found herself staring down into those perfect blue eyes, and it felt like the very first time, and paradoxically, like she'd never looked away from them during the whole span of her life. I can't believe you organized this, Lux said softly, looking up at her. I know I asked for a ceremony, but this... She smiled so wide that the edges of her eyes crinkled. You're perfect, Jinx. Swallowing back the rock that had somehow gotten lodged in her throat, Jinx smiled down at her and said, I had to do it right, Blondie. You deserve it, you know. Everything is always right, so long as we're together, Lux replied. A soft clearing of her throat came from between them, and Lux looked to the hooded woman with an incredulous expression. But the only thing that either of them could see was a slightly retiring smile and faintly tempest-covered eyes. May I begin? The woman asked airily. Please do, Lux said after a moment and turned to look back up at Jinx. I've been waiting for this for far too long. Straightening out, she began to speak in a dialect of Gutlau that was breezy and almost fluttering. And her voice carried with a resonance that wasn't wholly human. And certainly not wholly mortal. Gather, ye lovers and loved ones alike, and be welcome in this place where the breeze flows new from the skies. Azure she intoned. Look upon these crossing gales which carry the whispers of stories both near and far, and know that they have become one, an unassailable tempest in their unity, furious in their passion, though the eye of their storm remains calm in their love. As the air we breathe nourishes our bodies and lifts us from the sodden earth, so too does love nourish our hearts and lift our battered souls from the ache of solitude. To Jinx's surprise, she found tears leaping to her eyes. These traditions, these words, she'd never heard them before, but they sounded old, painfully old. There was joy in the woman's voice as she spoke them, but also an intense melancholy that they had not been spoken in so very long. How long, though? How long had it been? How long since Piltover had crushed the rites of the wind priests and snuffed out their rituals? 
How long since Zahn had forgotten that they'd once held ceremonies of their own, be they ever so humble? This, she realized, was what her father had been trying to achieve, not conquest, but culture. Not destruction, but tradition. Not war, but a world where Zahn could truly be Zahn. A place where the people of the trenches could reclaim all of the things that had been stolen from them. When we speak, our words become one with the winds of the world. They become truth, and our promises join with the eternal storm of creation, she continued. So speak now your oaths, and let the wind carry them from your lips to echo forever in the chasms of our shadowed home. Jinx swallowed again, convulsively, then licked her lips as she stuck a shaky hand into her jacket and pulled out a piece of paper scrawled with the things she'd written down that she'd wanted to say. It's okay, Lux said. Take your time. Jinx nodded, then took a deep breath, scanned the paper again, then looked up and began in his sibilant gutlow. Blondie, I love you, but I've never been good at saying it right. And I don't know how to say it in the way you deserve, but I'll try my best. She lowered the paper and looked Lux in the eye. I love you because you sound like golden light when you wake up in the morning. And because you've got rainbows in your eyes and on your fingertips. I love you because you make all the dark places bright and I don't know how to stop and I never want to. So I promise to be with you forever. Today and tomorrow and all the other days too. I promise I'll wake up beside you and go to sleep beside you. And even when I'm sleeping, I promise I'll be right there with you. She reached out and brushed a strand of golden hair from Lux's face. In every single dream. Oh. Lux sobbed, and only then did Jinx realize that Lux was crying too. Tears were streaming down her cheeks in silence as she said, Okay, um, wow, I... How do I follow that, huh? A light ripple of laughter crossed the crowd as she blinked rapidly, trying to clear her eyes as she sniffled a little too. Then finally mastered herself, took a deep breath of her own, and began speaking. Jinx, you saw me. Truly saw me. When I had forgotten how to see myself beneath the many masks of my existence, she started. I felt nothing knew nothing and did nothing of my own accord because, frankly, I couldn't be honest. Not until I met you. Lux took a step closer and stared adoringly up at Jinx. You looked at me once and saw through it all. And you found me, Jinx, you found me. And I never even knew how lost I was until I was back in your arms for the very first time. Lux reached up to lay a hand on Jinx's face, and Jinx leaned into the touch. Even numb as her body was, she would recognize the warmth and pressure, 
and the smell of sunshine that was Lux no matter where or who she was. She would know it in this world and every other. I love you like the sun shines and the world turns, Jinx. And I'll keep loving you until the death of all that is golden and bright, and till all the stars have gone dark. I promise I'll love you from the dawn till the dusk and all through the night. And then I'll close my eyes, fall asleep, and love you in every single dream. The crowd was crying too now, and Jinx was barely keeping it together. All she could think was how happy she was, really and truly happy. And she couldn't recall the last time she'd been coherent enough to even be aware of that. Now she was, and it was almost too much. Almost. The sound of a staff striking the floor rang like an almighty chime. And the whole chapel filled with the scent of clean air as the woman at the altar said, Speak now thy final promise. Jinx took Lux's hands in hers, and together they clutched the bouquet of flowers as the wind curled around them. The breeze plucked petals from the bouquet and sent them spiraling around the pair, filling the air with a floral scent as they leaned in until they were so close to one another that Jinx could hear every breath that Lux took. They spoke in unison, with Lux's accented patois laying gracefully across Jinx's sibilant native gutlow, and both so softly that no other ear could hear them, none but the wind. Without you, they whispered to one another, there's no light. Behind the altar, the woman smiled with a faintly mischievous air as she raised her hands up and joyously said, I declare these lives bound forever by the winds of fate. May their love be long, their happiness plenty, and may their final breaths be taken as one. A cheer went up from the crowd as Jinx and Lux turned to face them and Jinx raised their clasped hands, her mechanical left gripping Lux's right in triumph. And the crowd's cheers hit a fever pitch. The world was changing, now more than ever, and the tempest of war was on the horizon. But it wasn't at their doorstep quite yet, and Jinx intended to claim every second that she could. Every moment she had lost in the madness of the last several years, she would claw back, bit by bit. And she would do it with Lux at her side, making up for all of that lost time with sunshine kisses and endless dreams. War would come. Blood would spill. But not yet. Not tonight. Tonight. Tonight, Jinx would let herself be happy. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, 
Get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.